It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Me and Paranormal You with your host, Ryan Singer. It's more fun to believe. Third third year year bonus. So I was recording for like maybe 10 minutes at the tops before I realized I wasn't recording. I'm just a madman sitting in an, uh, a room of my dad and stepmom's house in Dayton, Ohio, in the afternoon, singing songs and, uh, you know, musing about, uh, you know, the spectrum of human events and emotions that I've, that, I've, that I've been, you know, privy enough to experience uh, these last few days. But I'm going to give you a little taste of what we missed. This is the song I've been singing. Oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Tannenbaum, how beautiful your branches. Ooh, that was actually the best one yet. I'm just, I'm starting to warm up the pipes a little bit. I'm a crooner. Um, how about this one? A child, a child, a child born in the night, a child of horror and fright. Is that how that Christmas song goes? Probably not. I'd like to think that my child would not be born of horror and fright, but would be, in fact, be a beautiful strong rainbow child or crystal child or indigo child at the very least at least give me an indigo come on come on can i get an indigo can i get an indigo what what so uh the gender reveal party at my the the birth of my child i mean as long as you know the mother was on board would be purple would be indigo that's the it's either it's not going to be blue or pink for boy or girl. It's either going to be indigo or it's going to be gold or it's going to be a rainbow, depending if it's a rainbow or a crystal or, you know, a golden child or an indigo. At the very least, give me an indigo child. Come on. You know, at the very least, come on. Can we get an indigo? What, what? Okay, so lots going on. This is going up late because I've been eating too much pecan pie and drinking too much eggnog. The, the, the dietary changes I've made in my life have gone on a temporary hold while I'm traveling during the holidays, and I'm not upset about it. I'm not mad about it. I've probably put on 15 pounds. I don't care because I'm enjoying the nog, baby, the nog. I'm living that nog life. Oh, gosh, the eggnog. Mm. And it won't stop until probably January 2nd because I fly back on the January uh, on New Year's Eve, so December 31st. I'll be ringing in the new year, drinking a gallon of eggnog alone. That's not true. I don't know what I'm doing. I won't be alone in drinking eggnog. I've had 
I'm I'm feeling really good right now because I just got done with a Reiki session. Um, And there's a very specific reason why I had the Reiki session today. And other than just loving having Reiki done, which, you know, I wish I could sit here and tell you I've had Reiki done, uh, performed on me uh, a thousand times by now, but that's not the case. Um, But I will tell you this, there was a very specific reason other than just my general love of Reiki, the energy healing, that I was uh, that that maybe go there today. Um, I hope you've had a nice holiday season so far. I hope it's uh, ringing in cheer and joy. I know it can be lonely for a lot of people, um, myself included. When I'm traveling, I'm away from home, even though I'm back where I grew up, home. Um, you know, the, you know, I'm not around like the people I spend most of my time around. So that can be a little bit lonely. Um, whether or not you have a significant other or not in your life uh, can also contribute to loneliness. But I just wanted to let you know that it's okay to feel lonely. It's okay to feel alone. I mean, we don't have to judge ourselves for those things. But we know we are not alone, ultimately, because we're all connected to each other, right? So I'm over there stuffing your stocking, you're stuffing my stocking. That's not innuendo, by the way. Uh, you know, we're all hugging each other, we're lighting each other's menorahs, we're doing all that good stuff, Okay. Excuse me. And it's the weather in Dayton, Ohio has been like low to mid 60s while I'm here. I mean, talk about a Christmas gift. Talk about Santa looking out for your guy. Santa's been looking out for your guy. And then I go to a FedEx to ship something to Louisiana just now. My cousin happens to be working there, cuts the price in half. Um, the overnight fee, which would have been triple digits, by the way. I don't know if you've ever overnighted anything with any kind of weight at all, but I really haven't and didn't realize how expensive it was. It went from triple digits down to double digits. Can't thank my cousin Scott enough for that. What a surprise Christmas gift. I'm standing in line. The guy's telling me it's going to be over 100 bucks. Next thing you know, there's a strange man hugging me from behind, and it's my cousin. What a good Christmas gift that was. So basically what I'm telling you is I'm, I'm a pretty lucky guy. This is like almost immediately after having a Reiki session. I'm going to tell you about that as well. But here's what happened. This is not paranormal, but it is strange. So maybe it is, I mean, uh, of course, you know me, so I'm going to tie in whatever happens in my life to some mystical higher meaning potentially, right? I mean, some things just happen. Some things are just things that happen, even though they're greater. They're part of the greater plan uh, and, and walking the path of destiny. But... Oh, I binge-watched The Witcher, eight episodes. I binged all eight episodes of The Witcher. Holy, holy, wow, what a good series. My roommate used to uh, play that video game constantly, so I'd always walk through the room and go, Are you a Witcher? And uh, I had no idea what it was about. This series, and I was like, Why is The Witcher so attractive in the show? I'm like, whoever they found, like whoever this guy is, is probably the most beautiful man I've ever seen. I'm like, this man is beautiful. He's flawless. I mean, how good looking is the Witcher? You know, one of those moments where it's like, he's so good looking, you're not even jealous of how good looking he is. Like, oh man, I wish I looked like that. It's beyond that. It's like, uh, just let me sit here and appreciate how beautiful you are and how like perfect your body is and your face. And I mean, I can appreciate beauty of all kinds. And wow, is he attractive. Turns out it's Superman. It's Henry Cavill or Cavill or however you say his name. It's the guy who played Superman. No wonder why uh, 
you know, the Witcher was so beautiful because he's Superman. And Superman obviously is beautiful. Uh, if you've seen those movies, Henry Cavill, you are knocking out of the park right now. I mean, to be held in those strong arms, I mean, who wouldn't like that? So the Witcher's got dryads, it's got witches, it's got sorcerers, it's got mages, it's got elves, it's got, you know, it's got uh, all kinds of mythical creatures because the Witcher is a monster hunter, right? This story is uh, amazing. It's, uh, you know, about the conjunction of the two spheres which brought into uh, existence humans and monsters when the elves were already there and the elves kind of started, you know, knew all the magic already. I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy this series. And it's not, I mean, there is some violence in it, but let me tell you something. It's not John Wick, uh, you know, thankfully. Uh, it's really, really cool. And uh, yeah, and so, you know, hopefully some of these characters will remind you of people in your life if you're surrounded by some magical people. Um, there's definitely uh, more than a few characters that reminded me of people that are in my life. So that was a fun little treat uh, to, uh, you know, kind of, you know, make those connections. Anyway, The Witcher is so good. I, I hope you'll watch it. Um, also, uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I watched that. That is very, very good. I love Mr. Rogers so much. Rocket Man, I watched that. So, so good. I love Elton John so much. I almost cried the entire movie of Rocket Man. Mr. Uh, the Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Mr. Rogers biopic, also so beautiful. Gosh, to be... To, to like, I mean, was Mr. Rogers an ascended master? Is he like an ascended being? I mean, oh, man, what a beautiful, beautiful story and what a beautiful real person Mr. Rogers was. I don't think he's alive anymore. Um, I could be wrong about that. And if I am, I apologize. Um, what else was there uh, that I watched? Because um, I got all these screeners, you know, from being in the union. So, and I haven't had any time to watch them until like the last few days. So I've just been binging all kinds of things. Um, I want to see Just Mercy. I want to see uh, Hustlers. I want to see Jojo Rabbit. Uh, I want to see all kinds of things. So, you know, we're going to get on so I can actually, you know, be informed in my vote. I like take my SAG AFTRA, you know, uh, SAG award voting very seriously. Uh, am I saying I take it more seriously than the presidential election? No, I'm not. I like to do research for both. So, yeah, The Witcher is incredible. Um, oh, so this thing happened to me. Excuse me, I got a little bit of a cough just because of the weather. Because, you know, even though I was just telling you how warm it was, I think this cl my body's just not used to this climate right now. Um, but anyway, and I've been drinking so much eggnog. So I'm driving to Cincinnati on Sunday night, this past Sunday. Uh, to go see uh, one of my best buds, Dave Waite, do stand-up comedy. Uh, down at Go Bananas, one of my favorite clubs in the world. Um, and I'm on the freeway. I'm driving my dad's truck. My dad got this truck. Uh, him and my stepmom are nearing retirement, so they bought like a camper. So he traded in his car for a truck so they could haul a camper, right? First time I've ever dr driven a truck of this, of this size, at least in a, in a while. And I'm on the freeway. Everything's going great. I'm going 65, 70 miles an hour. I'm in the left-hand lane. And out of the darkness descending upon me is an entire wheel of a car. That doesn't mean that it was not attached to the car itself, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now. I mean, I'm, I mean 
it's almost you weren't listening to this anyway, uh, even though it was just an entire wheel. So I'm talking about like, you know, has the hubcap, the rim or whatever on it. So, you know, and it's fully inflated. I mean, it's, you know, tires aren't light, right? And I'm going about 65, 70 miles an hour. Who knows how fast this thing was going? And in a, in a flash of a second, this tire crashes into the front hood of the truck I'm driving and the passenger side. And I hear this loud bang, 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 right? And then the truck, to its credit, a very sturdy F-150, um, didn't, didn't even really swerve upon impact. That's how sturdy this truck is. I mean, I'm a truck guy. Now. I mean, I've been driving a Camry for, I mean, I don't even know how many years. Um, nearly 15 years I've had a Camry of some kind, right? Uh, two different Camrys. So, um, and I love Camrys, but after, but my Camry would not have survived this, this impact like this truck did. So now it makes me feel like I'm a truck guy. Like I got to get a truck, you know, I got to get a, a vehicle that's got bulk to it that can survive impact. And it rips off the uh, antenna and then kind of like rolls, I guess, up the passenger side windshield frame, not the windshield, and then launches off. Nobody behind me even hit their brakes or slowed down at all. And I'm like, what are these? Didn't these people just realize I was... Donnie Darkoed right here and like no one's even slowing down for me to try to get over so I because I wanted to get over to the right hand shoulder and eventually I do that and I'm just kind of in shock you know what I mean like I have no idea what happens the first time I ever drove my dad's truck I've wrecked it I guess you you could say um I was in a single car accident um from a projectile falling from the sky like the satellite and Donnie Darko like I had no idea what had just happened I'm kind of flabbergasted. Like, do you call the cops? Like, I didn't know what to do. So I, well, I'm like, well, I'm not going down to go bananas to do a guest set. I'm just going to, like, have to turn around and go back home. I just totally, I didn't total it. But, you know, there's, you know, there's no question that this truck has been in an accident by looking at it. I mean, the the front left, the passenger side of the hood is just all crumpled. And so... um I call, you know, finally get, uh, finally get them on the phone to tell them what happened. And they are, they're out to dinner or something. And they're like, oh, you got to go back to the spot. You know, I started driving. I was like, I'll just, I guess I'll just drive home and, you know, insurance covers it. I don't know what happened. So I go back to the spot. I try to go back to the spot to call the insurance so I can call the cops. I got to call the cops. Right. And so I, I loop around. So I start heading northbound on the freeway that I was headed southbound on when it happened. And on the right-hand shoulder, there's a pickup truck, an older pickup truck that just has, like, its front left side just on the ground because it's missing its entire wheel. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's clearly where this happened. So I just kind of pull off a little bit up the road from there, off to the shoulder, call the cops. They come, and, you know, I can't pinpoint the exact location of where it happened, you know, because I'm not familiar with the area. You know, I haven't lived here in almost nine years. So all kinds of stuff, right? So there's a little confusion uh, and the police report when I'm filling out the location, things like that. And the cops were like, well, you know, since you can't remember what happened or where it exactly happened, you're not in the same spot it happened. You know, we can't say for sure it was their tire. And I was like, well, I mean, can we hypothetically say that this would be one of the biggest coincidences in the world? If it was in fact, not their tire that they say came off of their car while they were driving and then leaped and bounded down the freeway at, you know, unknown speeds, probably a 50 miles an hour, which I've only seen one other time. 
I one time was driving down the freeway during the daytime so I could see it, and there was a tire coming uh, against, like, into oncoming traffic, um, just bounding and, like, rolling, like, probably 50, 55 miles an hour. I was like, holy shit, that's going to, like, that could kill somebody, right? That's what I thought. And I don't know whatever happened to that tire, but because um, I was still going down the freeway, but... Um, so it would be the biggest, one of the biggest coincidences ever that a tire dropped down out of the sky onto this truck. Now, you might be wondering, like, how could it drop down? on You didn't just run into it. It dropped out of the sky. Well, it's difficult to uh, envision for some people. But when a fully inflated, like, tire wheel, like the entire wheel, actually, not just the tire, is, like, rolling down the freeway, even if it hits the slightest little bump it's going to start like jumping right and it you know and these things are amazing in the fact that they can they can keep rolling right they'll just keep rolling and bouncing and rolling and this thing bounded over the median that separates northbound and southbound traffic it's one of those uh stretches of freeway where there's no like grassy median right it's just all concrete and there's you know maybe a a four-foot concrete divider wall separating, you know, the shoulders from each other. So it bounded over that wall, dropped down from the sky, essentially, and hit the top, hit the hood, not the front bumper, hit the hood of the... So it, like, came down from my left to my right is the way, the direction it was coming. Now, keep in mind, I saw this thing for a split second. But you know when you see something all of a sudden appear from the darkness uh, and descend upon the vehicle you're driving. You don't forget that image. So um, later I come to find out um, that the, the wheel hit the front and towards the front of the hood and then like, you know, so there's this huge, it's almost like when a car drives through mud and it leaves a like a long strip of tire track there, like an indentation. That's what's on the like entirety of the passenger side of the hood of the of this truck. It rips off the antenna, which is kind of by the windshield. And then the cop goes in. You can he was pointing it out to me. He's like, you can see the scrapes on the frame here, right next to the windshield, where you know where else it hit. Meaning, it like. This is my theory. I'm going 65 miles an hour. This tire's going God knows how fast. We run into each other. I turn into a ramp for this tire. That's why no other cars slowed down or stopped because they may not have even seen it. And considering the direction it was going, it probably ramped and launched off of the truck I was driving and then cleared and just flew over all of the rest of the traffic to the past the shoulder the right side shoulder of the freeway. So it just like launched itself over like three lanes of traffic and no one else even saw it. Um, and it by like an inch, not even an inch, maybe an inch, it missed the windshield of this truck that I was driving and which would have instantly shattered the windshield. So, you know, c'est la vie to me, you know what I'm saying? Like if that tire hits that windshield, who knows where I'm at right now? I might be recording the Minecast from, you know, from a hospital bed. And it wasn't until, like, my stepmom was telling me 
just how lucky I was and like not to mention everybody else because it all happens so fast that you don't really have time to like sit and be like oh my god so it's not like one of these near-death experiences right I've been in a car accident before where I kind of felt like I'd be dying because I was tumbling I was rolling over um in the, the like the car was rolling over and that was like a moment where I thought like oh you know this is it right um, I did not have that moment because it all happened so fast this time. I didn't have that this is it moment until later. And I know some of you or maybe even a lot of you listening to this have, have had this experience where it's like you have late onset near-death experience emotion. And it's pretty profound, you know what I mean? I mean, if I, you know, I almost got run over by a minivan a few years back and you know, for 24 hours, I was juiced up on life. A minimum, excuse me, I had the hiccups. A minimum 24 hours. I was so juiced because when you come that close to death and you realize that life is a gift, you're pretty juiced up about it. You know, your, ser- your endorphins or your serotonin, who knows? They're just, they're just all, all the good juices are, are, are flowing like overcharge, right? Because you're so happy to not be dead. So, excuse me. So, here I am now, just like kind of shell shocked from the event, like you know, and I, you know, overcome with guilt. I'm guilt ridden about like wrecking this truck the first time I drove it, uh, you know, because I'm using. I got to borrow it, uh, you know, a little bit while I was in town. If I had to go run errands and do stuff, and to be sure, I did not have to go to go bananas on that night. I could have done some. I could have stayed in or gone to dinner or done something else, right? But I, I made that choice to go down there. So um, universe didn't want me down there, apparently, uh, that night um, for whatever reason. Maybe because there would have been a worse car accident on the way back. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we can, we can, we can speculate about all these things all we want. Or I was there on purpose. The universe wanted me driving down there and wanted that to happen. So that tire would launch and ramp off of the truck I was driving so it would miss everybody else. So I'm not saying I'm a hero. I'm not saying I saved people's lives that night. But considering it was just a couple days before Christmas, you know, everybody's out getting their last minute shopping done. You know, I probably saved minimum 400 people's lives that night. Um, considering there was a probably only about, you know, there wasn't even that many vehicles in my eyesight range. But let's just assume every car had about 60 people in it. And we can say, I saved 400 people's lives. I, you know, I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a conservative estimate saying I did that. But it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder about things like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing with my life and all that kind of stuff? And a resounding yes on all fronts for the most part. Um, I do think that, not to get too dark, not to get too dark here, not trying to get too dark over here. But I do feel like whenever my ticket gets punched in this physical form, as of now, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm feeling like I don't have any like deathbed, you know, things to reveal. Like, come close. I have to tell you this thing I've been keeping secret for my life. I used to think that you probably didn't have an interesting life if you didn't have any deathbed revelations, secrets, bombshells to drop on people uh, who, if you were lucky enough, were there at the hospital with you. 
meaning that you had at least one person that cared about you that would be at the hospital with you, that if you didn't have at least one bombshell to drop on that person, you probably weren't living the your best life. But I don't, I, you know, I've been away from that train of thought for a long, long time. That's not the way I think about it anymore. Um, you know, like, what secrets will you take to your deathbed? That's a good question. Um, I really don't have any. Um, I don't think I have any secret in my entire life that I haven't told at least one person. Is this because I have a lack of boundaries and don't understand, or at least in the past, haven't understood, you know, things that people aren't, don't need to hear? Was I like reverse empathing people for my entire life? Just emotionally dumping onto, you know, my deepest, darkest secrets on stage and just to people on dates or friends. Who knows if that's the case. But I will tell you, whenever something like uh, of that kind of variety has occurred to me or I've been involved in, I can't keep that kind of stuff to myself. I got to tell somebody like, you know, because of the story. Like, what is a great story if it's never told? It's not a story now. You know what I mean? Like, who who doesn't want to tell a great story? That seems counterintuitive to the to having the experience. If, in fact, we are nothing more than storytellers, one must articulate the details, the events that make that story. So, I don't really have... So... I don't have any secrets. Um, you know, I'm, in fact, most of my secrets are very public, in fact. So I'm feeling pretty good, you know. So if I checked out, there wouldn't be any, there wouldn't be any great revelations about me, uh, as far as I can tell. Now, anyway, moving forward. I didn't realize how, like, tense this experience had made me for a few days, so uh, uh, a woman who works with my dad at the courthouse has a mother. Uh, Kathy Stewart is her name. And she is a Reiki healer here in Dayton, Ohio, and specifically in the Miamisburg area of, of Dayton. And so I got set up for a Reiki session. And I got to tell you, if you're in Dayton, Ohio, and you've been in a car accident, you've had some other kind of injury, or an emotional event has occurred in your life that has left you rattled, or left you filled with sadness, or despair, or depression, I can't recommend Reiki enough to people. I mean, I think I've talked about it on here. I'm pretty sure I have. I don't know if I went into great detail. I think I did about my last uh, session with Sarah Goff, the shamanic Reiki healer I see, you know, as, you know, I, I guess as quote unquote, my Reiki shamanic Reiki healer. Um, but you know, go get Reiki, you know, typically from someone that's recommended to you or, or someone, you know, know someone who loved the experience or something like that. Right. But for the most part, I'm going to go out on a limb here. It's not even a long limb. I'm just going to say, charlatans don't really get into Reiki. There are people who are always like, oh, these psychics are just like trying to steal people's money. They're, they're, they're cons, they're frauds. 
typically when you go see a Reiki healer, you have zero percent of your mind thinking, is this person Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is this person raking me over the coals right now? No, no pun intended. Is this person raking me over the coals? You know, to to be a Reiki healer or to get into and to have the setup and, you know, do the, you know, to have the tools for the modality of healing, that's like a lot. You just don't, I, I haven't, in my experience, you don't hear about like fraud Reiki healers. Okay. So feel pretty good about just kind of finding one in your area and, you know, checking it out. I mean, I guess if you want to read reviews on the internet, you can do that. I don't use Yelp. Um, I do my best not to ever use Yelp just because I know they don't treat small businesses very well. Uh, it's a lot of like extortion type practices where if you don't advertise through them, they'll bury all of their positive, all the positive reviews for your small business. So now you have to like pay them to, you know, promote your business. So it's, it's kind of like they're the like, internet mob. You know what I mean? We'll protect your marketplace. Your digital marketplace is going to get, quote unquote, trashed if you don't pay us. I don't like that. I'm not a big fan of that. So, and they just cold call you and they essentially tell you this um, from my experience with, you know, talking to people who are part of small businesses. So, yeah, Yelp can go get Yelp. Yelp can go to Yelp. Uh, Yelp can get fucked as far as I'm concerned. Um, anyway, so I'm not supposed to talk badly about people, but Yelp is not a person. Yelp is a corporation. Anyway, so, yeah, go out and find a Reiki healer if you've had any kind of any kind of traumatic uh, or negative experience. I'll tell you what, I'm walking on sunshine right now, kid. I am walking on sunshine. Oh, <clears throat> I didn't do my vocal. My throat's a little weird right now. I didn't do my vocal warm-ups um, before that one. But I walked in, and this was kind of just like a, a short supercharged Reiki session. I, I walked out of there with like a bag full of stones that she gave me. Um, Kathy Stewart, uh, in, in Dayton, Ohio, make sure you, if you're looking, if you live in the Dayton, Ohio area, I mean, she has people driving from hours and hours away to come see her. Um, but you walk into the, you walk into the place and immediately it's, um, you get the vibe that it's like, Oh, this is great. This is great. Like this is, I'm in the right place. You know what I mean? It smells, it looks, it's the vibe, the energy, uh, crystals everywhere. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, <coughs> excuse me, it's, it's a, it was a great experience. And, man, this is the way I described it to her while we were in there. When she was asking me if I, uh, she was just kind of think, you know, talking about, she was just kind of like guiding me through it as she did it. And I, I had to tell her, I'm like, I feel like my etheric body is being tickled. My astral body, whatever you want to call it, my spiritual body, my soul, whatever you want to call it, my collection of energy and consciousness that exists within and without of this physical form 
is being tickled with like a a cosmic feather. It was, oh, it was delightful. And then I felt so good afterwards. I haven't slept well, um, just in general, right, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm, I know already I'm going to sleep like a baby. I can already tell I'm going to sleep like a baby. Everything becomes brighter. The colors become more distinct. Um, it's like everything went from black and white to full color. It's very nice. It's, it's, you know, you feel good. You feel like you just did spiritual, like your, your, your spiritual body just got stretched out and massaged really well. That's what Reiki healing is about. It's a transference of energy. It's energy healing, uh, dealing with the chakras. And good news is it didn't take much for my chakras to get kind of aligned. Now, my third eye chakra was a little closed. She said that for sure, which, which Sarah Goff also said to me like a month, month and a half ago when I went and saw her. So I'm working on getting that back online. Um, but she said my, you know, my feet were, my feet were doing real, my feet were killing it. My feet were doing great, which is where, you know, my meditation, a lot of my meditation focuses from being grounded. Now, so then, you know, so she kind of lined me back up and got the juices flowing again. Like energetically, I'm feeling much more, much more aligned. And so that was, that was splendid. And so I got to tell you, I didn't realize how tense or cramped up that experience of the car accident had made me until I started, and then I started thinking about it the last couple of days, right? And then like the, the thoughts of like, I have seen a lot of images of like post-death images as far as, not like me in the astral of the spiritual plane, but the world post this particular Ryan Singer. What, what events are unfolding after my death? And it's, it's a sobering mental exercise that sometimes you don't choose to do, but it's kind of thrust into your imagination, into your mind, without you even really wanting to do it. But here's the sobering part about it, is life isn't going to change all that much after each one of us are, 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 have passed in this form, right? There will be a ripple when it happens. And the people closest to us will be affected the most by that ripple. And then, it, you know, it dilutes as it gets further and further and further away from us. The ripple does happen. But eventually, people must go on with their lives. Uh, I don't think any no matter how you know sick in the head they might be envisions the perfect future after their physical death being that anyone who's ever known them can no longer do anything because they're filled with such sadness and despair that everyone's life just stops because their life stopped i don't think anybody really wants that for the people that they love and the people that they've met and the people they know uh regardless of how close they may be in emotionally or physically, etc. I don't think anybody wants that. We do somehow make a choice to decide um, that someone's love for us can only be measured by the depth of the despair they feel after we're gone. 
Now, whether that's a breakup in a relationship or it's a death in life, uh, a physical death, why are we only measuring the depths of people's love or the richness of it by the amount of despair they feel when we are removed from that equation, whether it's life or a relationship or friendship, which is a relationship, I guess. Love can be measured in so many other ways. There's so many ways to measure one's love for you. Is someone... Does someone love you less in the impact you had in their life if instead of going into a deep, dark depression for months or maybe even years after you've died, does the person who uses your life as an inspiration to go out and live their life to the fullest, to pursue their passions and their dreams after your death, love you less. So the person who's going out and using your life as an inspiration to truly feel the depth of their own life experience, they love you less than the person who is who sequesters themselves in their house for months of deep depression and dark sadness, loves you more? I, 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 don't, I don't think we should be measuring. It's not a contest. It's, we shouldn't have a measuring stick out when it comes to how much did someone love me. Like, you know, do you imagine the people who would be crying at your funeral is a good example of that that I think a lot of people are familiar with. I don't think that we should even be worrying about trying to measure any of this stuff, right? Because it's not important. The important part is, it's just like, you know, if they loved you, they loved you. Okay, we don't need to get into the details of it. Um, the details of, of that specific love and the amount of love is arbitrary and subjective and it's not worth wondering about. But when you have like an experience where you realize, like, wow, I was this close to being dead, you do wonder, like, okay, well, who's, whose life did I affect? And I think anyone who's listening to this can understand, at least in an intellectual way, that the fact that you are alive and the fact that you care about other people, whether or not you're good or bad in the moment, at this current moment, at showing that love, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. As long as those other people have known or do know that you care about them, you have affected other people's life in a positive way. You are, we, are, we all are helping each other understand the reality of love by simply being open to receiving it and or giving it, even if we're parsing it out in small little tidbits. Sometimes our hearts get frozen. Sometimes they're thawed. It's still a heart, okay? So, I think anybody listening to this can comfortably understand that after they're gone, indeed they would be missed. I feel perfectly comfortable telling you that. You will be missed. Hopefully you have uh, 
inspired others to fully enjoy their life with the life that you have led, regardless of how it is you led your life. You know what I mean? Like there's, I mean, I wish I had a more full life, okay? Um, now, what I mean by that is tricky. I have a very full life. But what I mean, basically what I'm trying to say is I wish I just didn't ever have to sleep. You know, I wish I never felt tired and sleepy or grumpy or cranky. You know what I mean? Or annoyed or put out, all that stuff. I wish I didn't have to feel any of that stuff. I just, so when I say I wish I had a more full life, I, what I'm saying is I wish I had endless energy that made it possible for me to always be at the top of my energetic game, conversationally, emotionally, thoughtfully, romantically, comedically, all that stuff. I wish I just had an endless store of energy for all of that. Um, but we don't, we don't. We have to take care of ourselves. And Reiki is a great way to do that. Reiki is a great way to get your energy lined back up. Because like I said before, I'm feeling pretty juiced right now. I'm feeling pretty good right now. Now, um, I don't know what 2020 holds. I just know that it's going to be cool because it's 2020. I just want to say 2020. You know what I mean? Um, I wish I was, well, I don't want to say I wish. Um, there's going to be a lot of cool kids born in 2020. You know what I mean? I mean, that's not to say that there weren't, there weren't a bunch of cool kids born in 2019. No matter what year you are. I mean, 1976, that's the year I was born. That's a pretty, it's got a nice ring to it. 1976 was the year. Ryan Jeffrey Singer was born in Dayton, Ohio. Put into an incubator so that he could live. And yet, some people probably don't know what an incubator is because you might be too young. Well, I don't know if age has anything to do with knowing what an incubator is. Um, it's a uh, it's a baby microwave to make sure you finish to finish to make sure you get done cooking. You know what I'm saying? So you get done cooking. So find a Reiki healer. You know what I mean? Um, it, it helps relaxation. It helps your natural healing process in your body. Um, you know, it's like spiritual antibiotics. So um, I, I can't recommend it enough. And you know what? Start out, start out with an affordable one if, if, you're, if the money and the financial thing is, is concerning to you. Or you could do one even better for yourself. You could get attuned in Reiki, and you could do Reiki to yourself. Uh, my buddy Shauna Tucker, who's been on the program, she does self-Reiki, um, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm misquoting her on that. She does Reiki on herself. Um, so get yourself attuned in Reiki and like really, you know, get in touch with your healing powers for yourself. That's on my 2020 to-do list. I will be, by the end of 2020, I guarantee you, I will be tuned. I'll be a Reiki master. At the very least, I'll be a Reiki healer. I don't know about master, but I will get tuned up. I will get attuned up uh, in Reiki before the end of the year. 2020, here's some goals. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be certified and or I'm going to know how to do self-hypnosis for ESP projection. I want to be doing an ESP projection experiment with people and over on the watering hole in the astral plane, the Discord server, I... Um, 
uh, I'm, I've kind of got a few people that said they might be on board with doing that. So that's going to be something once I, once I get the self-hypnosis thing down uh, because of, uh, and that ties into astral projection. I've been missing my astral projection handbook for years. It's like it disappeared, right? And then I'm walking up the steps before I leave Los Angeles to go on this road trip. And it's, sta- it's sitting there on the coffee table. And I'm like, oh my God, this thing appeared right when I needed it. turns out I let my roommate Aaron borrow it and she just had it for a couple of years. And I totally forgot. That happens so often to me. Because, uh, you know, I have too many books. So I kind of give them away, let people borrow them and just forget where they ended up because they're where they're supposed to be because that's where they're at. So I'm going to have self-hypnosis in my efforts to learn how to ESP project. I'm going to be uh, attuned to Reiki. Um, What else is there? I'll be be so good at yoga by the end of 2020. It's ridiculous. I'll probably, you know, I'll have a man bun probably. That's how good at yoga I'll be. Um, And then we're going to get some really solid evidence of the paranormal on video and or audio, like more, I'm going to get more evidence this year than I've gotten cumulatively throughout all the previous years of investigation. That's what's going to happen in 2020. Also, I'm going to be making money. I make money, dude. I make money. The imaginal reality is my reality. I make money. Mountain House. Am I talking about a mountain house again? It just kind of came out. Am I ready to... Am I ready to revisit the idea of an amount house? Have I moved past the experience in Florida? I'm going to have a mountain house or I'm going to have a desert house. Or I'm just going to have a house. You know what I mean? Nothing fancy. I don't need six bedrooms for people that aren't living there. I just need a roof. You know what I mean? A place, a, a heartbeat center, a joy station where I actually live in my bliss station. You know, shout out to Joseph Campbell. I think we're going to leave this one uh, on the shorter end this afternoon because I need, I have got some work to do. I did my pleasure journal earlier. Um, you know, I'll tell you more about that later because I'm going to be interviewing uh, Mark Barone, who I am doing tantric embodiment therapy with and um, over at a soul catalyst. And um, the last few weeks we've gotten off, uh, off the program just because, um, we haven't been able to have our weekly sessions, but we'll be getting back in that once I'm back home. And uh, he'll be a guest on the Mindcast, and I'm gonna we'll go into depth. We'll go in depth about all that stuff and the program, and so you can have a better idea of what do I actually mean when I say tantric embodiment therapy. We're gonna get into it. Yeah. Um, my guess is it's gonna be at least a two parter because um, there's so much stuff going on. Birth charts, numerology, tarot cards, astrology, uh, uh, you know, tantra, um, also therapy, um, you know, techniques that have been proven to help people and just general therapy, right? So it's all of that into one program. Uh, Not to mention the other therapist I see, uh, Brian. Brian's great. I'm looking forward to seeing Brian when I'm back. Um, Brian's helped me out a lot. So, um, 2020 is going to be a banger. Can I say that? It's going to be a, it's going to be a heck of a year. It's going to be great. It's going to be grand. My Saturn is going to be in, you know, my Uranus is going to, I'm in Uranus opposition coming up. Uh, but that doesn't matter, right? It's going to be a shedding, a cleansing. 
I'm also going to be having a prediction episode coming out where uh, Angela Lovell and Renee Watt will be joining me here for in the new year for what we all can expect in 2020. I want to be doing this every year. Coast to Coast AM used, would always do this. They have, um, they have psychics predict what the next year is going to be, and then they kind of like look back on it and see what was right. Um, that's such a, great, such a great thing. It's not my idea. Coast to Coast AM came up with it. You know, Art Bell first did it. But in case you don't listen to AM radio, I'm going to get a couple of, uh, you know, my favorite psychics, Angela, who I do, this is where the magic happens, that podcast, you should check that out, and Renee Watt, who's been a guest multiple times. So they're going to come on, and we're going to talk about what we all can expect in 2020, and I'm going to make them go on the record. I'm not going to make them, but they are going to go on the record and give us psychic predictions for the upcoming year. It's going to be great. And then a year later, we'll be able to check back and be like, oh, snip, that happened. It's going to be great. So um, I look forward to that. I look forward to you, um, you know, living your best life. I appreciate you. Uh, I love you. I hope you love yourself. I'm glad I'm here to tell you that. I'm not, I'm clearly not done here. That's like one of the first thoughts I had once I realized the damage, what had really happened when I was on the freeway, I was like, clearly I'm not done here. I've got more stuff to do, you know what I mean? So I started, I posted my first TikTok video. I'm on TikTok, Ryan Singer Comedy. You can find me on TikTok. I've only posted one video so far. Um, my nieces were teaching me a, a, a new dance. Like we were choreographing a, a Christmas dance. So you can check that out. It's a cute little video. I'm on TikTok, a Ryan Singer Comedy. All the kids think you ain't shit unless you are big on TikTok now, which is like, dude, I can't keep up. How are you supposed to, You have to like get famous over and over and over and over again. It's like Sisyphus. Fame, uh, social media fame is such a Sisyphus. I mean, every, you know, what's the boulder called this time? You know what I mean? What's the boulder called this time? So, uh, you guys have been great. Uh, thank you to the patrons, patreon.com backslash Ryan Singer. Um, thank you for your support. $1 or $3 per month uh, is all you. $3 is the highest tier I have set up. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all you need. For 3 bucks. you get everything over there. Uh, so, thank you very much to the patrons over there. Uh, I'm going to be in Los Angeles a lot more in 2020 which means I'll be able to do more things, uh, you know, podcast-specific, mindcast-specific, uh, while I'm since I'll be spending more time at home with all my gear and equipment, et cetera, et cetera. Great interviews coming up. Uh, you know, third-year bonuses, we're going to keep going with them. All that good stuff. Rising on Instagram, Rising on Twitter. That's R-Y-S-I-N-G, in case you're wondering. Give me a follow on both of those. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I'm on all that. I'm on all the boulders. I'm pushing all the boulders up the hill simultaneously for you guys, okay? So uh, just for me, for the universe, for us collectively. 2020, I already know what's going to happen, but I, I just don't really think I should tell you quite yet until after it happens. <laughs> the world's most reluctant psychic. I'm going to tell you what happens, but after it happened, okay? This is what you can expect to have happened already to you. Um but uh, no, I do have a pretty good sense of what 2020 brings, and I can't 
tell you how excited I am. 2020, by the end of 2020, it's going to be, I'm going to be living in a completely different world. Um, I will have a completely different reality. I know that already. Um, I don't know the specifics. I don't know the details per se, but I do know that major, huge changes are in store for me. And like I said, I don't know what that means specifically. I don't get the sense that a career change is one of those things. I do believe that I'm on my right path with my career and stand-up comedy and doing the Mindcast and doing the other podcast in like writing and acting and all those kinds of things. That is, I think I am on the right, I'm on, the, I'm, you know, I'm on the path with that stuff. But I do sense that there will be, um, whether I'm ready for them or not, major, major changes. Uh, you know, so by this time next year, I will be a totally different person um, in a good way. Uh, you know, recording, you know, 30 year bonuses and experiences for the Mindcast. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I hope you're taking care of yourself. Don't hate yourself if you went off a diet you were on during the holidays. I mean, we don't need to do that. It's the holidays, right? There's a reason that the government of the United States sanctions federal holidays, like 4th of July, Christmas, these big, because they realize that people need to blow off steam every once in a while. This is actually a part of it. You need to blow off steam. You need to loosen the grip. Uh, that you have on some of these restrictions that you put on yourself, uh, that you feel like you might be depriving yourself of during these times. But if you have transitioned into a new, healthier diet and lifestyle and have no desire to go back to some of the things during the holidays, then yeah, you don't. That's just your life now. That's just who you are. No big deal. But if you find yourself pining and really want, you know, it's like, don't hate yourself. Don't beat yourself up because you will be back. You'll be back and you'll be better and you'll be stronger than ever before. Just like me, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm getting ready to hit a treadmill here in a little bit. Um, I can't believe I said that out loud. Now I have to do it. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we're, we'll be back, baby, because in fact, we never left. Don't call it a comeback. We never left. I think Too Short said that uh, back in the 90s. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. Um, RyanSingerComedy.com That's the website where everything is landing nowadays So give it a check I'm in Minneapolis the 17th and 18th of January At the Comedy Corner Underground So please get tickets Come see me if you're anywhere close to Minneapolis, Minnesota We can keep each other warm Oh my god, it's going to be so cold But I'm, I can't wait for it I'll be working on putting together my my hour For what I hope to be taking What I will be taking to Edinburgh uh, Next summer The The you know, the world's biggest festival, essentially. Um, so doing Edinburgh in Scotland in August of next year, that's the game plan as of now, but things change. So I'll be working on uh, whatever that hour is going to be. Not to mention another hour that I need to put together for, and they'll probably be very similar for the same, for another bigger, another big project. So in, in case you've ever been like, hey man, why can't I see an hour of your stand-up comedy anywhere, like video? It's like, well, don't you worry about that. You don't have to worry about that much longer. So that's exciting. That's fun news. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm going to go have a little bit more eggnog, and I'll see you on the other side. And if I don't, I'll see you at the watering hole on the astral plane.